Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily. I'm Derek Terry, joined by Sean Smith. Sean has been down in Tampa. He's heading home today after Kentucky was a 69-62 to loser to Tennessee in the SEC tournament semifinals on Saturday. We'll get into that, but first of all, Sean, different venue down there in Tampa, different kind of setup. How was the SEC tournament down there this year? Because I don't think it's going to be – I think it's a Nashville for, what, the next 10 years, I think, something like that? Yeah, I, actually, last time I looked, it's in Nashville to, through 2035. So, maybe oh, okay. about 12 or 13 straight <laughs> tournaments there. But, no, it's a really cool setup, actually. When when you talk about downtown and the, the port right there where the cruise ships are, you got a lot of lodging and a lot of things to do. The arena was full, the uh, nice arena. I mean, it was a lot of Kentucky fans. The definitely showed up, great crowd, unfortunate that they really couldn't get started yesterday. The crowd never made an impact in that game because something would happen. Tennessee would call timeout. They would make a big basket. Kentucky couldn't get a stop. Kentucky couldn't hit a shot. Or the officials would head to the monitor for review, and it just never allowed that crowd to really get in the game. And you got to credit Tennessee for a lot of that. I think so as well. Um, you know, this was, a, this was a rubber match between these two teams. Kentucky – Really interesting. Played by far its best offensive game of the season against Tennessee and Rupp, and then by shooting percentage played its two worst games of the season against Tennessee. So I think uh, to, to an extent, for sure, you've got to give a lot of credit to Tennessee's defense. On the other hand, Sean, really, I can't remember a time this season, certainly not this season, that Kentucky was flat out just bad shooting the basketball. I mean, there, there were some contested looks, no doubt about it. Tennessee got out, guarded it well. There were other times where you had guys just missing wide-open shots. Uh, and in some cases, you had guys taking wide-open shots that maybe they're wide-open for a reason, but that wasn't the case the whole time. You had Kellen Grady really early in the game. Maybe it was a sign of things to come. Miss a wide-open three from straight away on a fast break. Um, and he, he never got going. A really tough day for Kellen. He, he couldn't defend either. He had a really hard time keeping up with Tennessee's guards. He basically sat on the bench the whole second half. Um, but when you look at this game, Sean, just give me a few things, your initial takeaways, things that stood out to you um, about this game. Because this was uh, – I think this game's left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths as we – Today's Selection Sunday, I and mean, we're finally here. And, you know, the big dance starts potentially Thursday for these guys. So how, how do you come away from this game feeling? Yeah, it's like the the loss to Tennessee and Nashville three years ago. It, I mean, it didn't leave a great taste, but you also knew in that game Kentucky had like a six-point lead with three minutes to play and kind of just Tennessee went on a run and won it, but Kentucky was in position to win it. Yesterday just felt like Kentucky trying to play catch-up all day, all, all game long. And when you put it with how they played in Knoxville a month ago, you start to look at this thing and say, okay, their two worst performances of the year came against Tennessee. Is, is Tennessee an elite team? And I, I think now that this is Rick Barnes, it might be his best chance to get to a Final Four. Uh, not really sure what happens in that tournament and, and next week and what their bracket looks like, but just looking at this game yesterday, one thing concerns me, Derek, about Kentucky is if they get into a matchup with a team that's going to be physical with them and it takes them out of their rhythm, I just not, I'm not sure how Kentucky's going to do in that next tournament. I think it'll all depend on what officials allow. If the officials call a lot of touch stuff and they don't let teams get physical with Kentucky, then Kentucky's going to be okay. But yesterday, Rick Barnes made a great decision to go with the two bigs 
to start that game, to kind of set the tone with physicality. And I think that that bumping and that physicality took Kentucky's guards out of the game and it messed with them on the three-point line. Like, what happened to Kellen Grady? Like, what happened to the guy that just two or three weeks ago, Davion Mintz fires a pass to him and it hits him in the back and he gathers himself and drills a three and that confidence that he had. Uh, He hit a big shot Friday night against Vandy when Kentucky was down seven late in the shot clock. I never saw any of that confidence from him yesterday, Derek. And Kentucky's shots, Tata finally got a three to fall there in the second half that rattled around and hit the rim five or six <laughs> times. But the other threes that Kentucky shot, they didn't even have a chance to get a bounce because they were clanking them off the left or the right side or hitting the glass. I thought that was a theme in both games, Sean. I don't, and I don't have uh, – I do have the yesterday stats pulled up in front of me. 10 second chance points yesterday for Kentucky, but I felt like in this tournament, even against Vanderbilt, there were not a whole lot of second chance opportunities for Kentucky. They got a three early from Washington against Vanderbilt off a second chance. Uh, I think it was off a second chance. Pretty sure it was an Oscar rebound, but I felt like there were a lot of one and done opportunities. Um, And yesterday you got what you wanted, Sean, Oscar Shibway got in foul trouble, went to the bench early. and, And really, I think I saw, um, I want to say Tennessee only outscored him by two the, in the yeah. segments that Oscar wasn't out there. So they really kind of held their own whenever he wasn't out there. Well, I got what I wanted. And honestly, I got it answered the way that I wanted it to get answered. The difference was the start of the game for Kentucky, where they couldn't get shots going down early. You saw them make the run late with Oscar on the bench, and then they held their own without him for 14 minutes in the first half. But that first start to the game there, where Kentucky was just ice cold. Josiah Jordan James hit those threes. That ended up being the the ultimate difference in the game was the was the opening what four or five minutes there. Uh, so I did get what I wanted. I, I was hoping to to see it. I thought Kentucky would have a chance to win the game, and if they had got off to a better start and hit some shots, they would have been right there. I, I thought they actually played okay without him. I thought Lance went in at the end of the game and and mix things up very well, and, and Kentucky's guards ultimately got them back in the game. But you could also say that Kentucky's guards was the reason why they weren't in the game at the beginning of it. A uh, couple of important stretches there, though. Every time that Kentucky would get it to six, Tennessee would find a way. Kennedy Chandler would get a steal or, or drive down the lane and make a play, or Ziegler would make a play and push it right back out to 10. I felt like that game stayed in the 8-11 to 11 range for probably 75% of it, and then it would get to seven, it'd get to six, and then it would go right back to eight to 11, and Kentucky just never could get that run, and when they finally got it, they couldn't get the rebound there at the end to, to secure it and do anything with it. But just it leaves a bad taste in your mouth because you want to see them playing well, especially if you're a fan of this team. You want to see them playing well this late in the year going into this tournament. But hopefully they can look at the tape, hit reset, and kind of figure this thing out because uh, – it's, it's something about Tennessee. They, they've had their best game against Tennessee, and they've had their two worst games against Tennessee. And I think Tennessee had a lot to do with that the last two times, but Kentucky's got to get it figured out because let's, let's think about it. If Tennessee's an elite team and can get to a Final Four, and there's probably a lot of people out there that still think Kentucky is, actually has the pieces to do it if they get hot, who's to say that they don't see Tennessee again in this next tournament? Could happen. I mean, I think uh... – that's, I mean, yesterday during the game, it was that was a very frustrating game. And you mentioned the rebound at the end. That would have been a time it would have been nice to have Oscar. Uh, you got the game on the line, and, and Tennessee's Santiago Vescovi, a guard, 
pulls down the offensive rebound. Whenever you play great defense for the possession, you have a chance to, was it a three point game at that point? I think I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I mean, you got a three point game with about a minute left and you, you get a stop, but you let a guard get a rebound. That's, that's, that's crushing. That was, uh, I thought that was very disheartening that they didn't have a guy who could come up with that ball. Um, well, and and not to and not to call him out, but it, Keon Brooks was the guy that missed the box out, and yeah. I, I thought that was weird. I game. thought that was the most discouraging thing. Is I, I feel like that he did a lot of good things, and I yeah. feel like that's the case a lot of times. I feel like he does a lot of good, but then his mistakes are just so critical. Like they, they it feels are. like they just come at the worst time, whether it, it be a shot or a turnover over or the missed box out and then you know late in the game there I know it didn't matter but he gave up the the offensive rebound off the missed free throw that Tennessee just dribbled out the clock at the end of the game which it wouldn't have mattered Kentucky yeah wasn't going to make a run but they've got to get he's got to get that figured out like he can't have these just fatal moments where he makes a mistake and gives up a rebound like in that moment the guy that has been in the program the longest has to get a box out come up with an, a rebound there and secure it and give Kentucky a chance but that's not where Kentucky lost the game. Uh, Kentucky lost the game early. And then when you're two of 20 from three-point range, Derek, I, I don't care who they play in that next tournament. If they shoot two of 20 from three and Oscars in foul trouble, they're going to have a hard time beating probably 64 of 68 teams <laughs> in this field that they're going to see. But I think the biggest play of the game, Kentucky gets it to eight or maybe got it to six. It might have been six. It was six. About eight talking minutes about to go. Yeah, eight minutes to yeah. well, eight minutes to go in the game is when Rick Barnes called the timeout when the crowd was getting into the game. And it was mm-hmm. about, I think, 808 to go in the second half. He essentially got two timeouts. He called the timeout. They come out, the crowd got out of the game, Tennessee got a basket, and then they got the media timeout. So you had back-to-back timeouts that kind of took the energy out of the building. And I thought that was the difference in the game. Had they not called timeout and Kentucky gets a stop in a basket, that building would have eventually uh, taken over and the momentum would have shifted. But I thought Tennessee, I thought Rick Barnes handled the game very well. Uh, Ten and seven against John Calipari now at Kentucky. Six of the last nine. Two of them the biggest games in, in recent years that has essentially cost Kentucky a number one seed twice. He certainly knows how to beat John Calipari, uh, Derek. And I thought he had a really good game plan yesterday. And uh, that's a Tennessee team that I, over the last – four to five weeks I've gained a lot of respect for. I know you and I talked there early in January that we didn't think that they were very good when they were struggling to score points and they were losing some games. Something happened to them when they got embarrassed in Lexington and, and they got it right. Yeah, I said six, but you're, you're right. I'm looking at the stats now. Tata got a steal and a layup with 8.06 left to make it 51-43. And then I thought it was just an absolute uh, backbreaker. Uh, I thought Kennedy Chandler was the difference, uh, certainly the difference for Tennessee yesterday. He finished with a game high 19 points. He beat the shot clock, got by his man on a tough layup. I thought Kentucky defended it pretty well that possession, but you know he made a play. He was he's a good player. He got to the rim, got a shot up over two people, went in. But then Jacob Toppin, just bad, just bad with the basketball out there. Um, throws it, turnover. Chandler gets a layup. It's back to 10, and that happened in. Yep. Let's see, it was 8.06 on the game clock. Kentucky's at that momentum you're talking about. The crowd's getting into it by 7.46, so 20 seconds later. It's back to a 10-point game. Yeah. 
And Chandler hit uh, another layup huge... too. Well, still. Yeah. So he had a, you know, he had a little run right there. And and Tata, I thought Tata yesterday. He he put the team on his back a couple of times and, and tried to go make a play, and he, he did make some plays. I thought he had a play there in the first half. I obviously didn't get to see a replay in the building. I, I never knew if it should have been an and one or if it was actually called if the foul occurred before he got into his shot, but that ended up being a big two points there where the officials took it off the board and put him at the free throw line. He actually missed the free throw uh, with it being a one and one. But when you look at his stat line, what, what did he shoot from the field overall yesterday, Tata? Like what was his he shooting was, numbers? For- he was six of 16 from the field, one of seven from three and four of five from the line. So his only free throw he See, missed was a big one. As, See, he, he's their go get a bucket guy, but it's not been efficient. Like he had that four or five, not from three-point range Friday night, but it, it technically wasn't even an efficient game for him from the field, even in the Vandy game. They missed a lot of shots mid-range, missed some shots at the rim. He's their guy that has to go get a basket for them when they need it. But Kennedy Chandler yesterday was the best guard on the floor. Every time Tennessee needed a basket, he was able to beat his man, get to the rim, make a play, hit a three, or, or make get a steal and, and make a difference. And, and I thought that was the difference in the game is they had the best player on the floor yesterday. Not many times can you say that when Tennessee's played Kentucky. Not many times can you say that when anyone plays Kentucky. They've got to get that figured out going into this next tournament, though. And, and Tata's got to be more efficient. Uh, Wheeler got going late. I thought he made some really good plays down the stretch to kind of get them back in the game. Kellen Grady's got – he has to get going there. I just don't know where the confidence went. And at, at this point in the season, it's so hard to build confidence because you don't have those games where you can kind of just relax. Like, the pressure's on you starting with this game on Thursday. They're, if, they, if they're in Indy, they're going to play on Thursday. I'm not sure what the time will be. Uh, I'm, I'm confident that they're going to be in Indianapolis. But Kellen Grady's a guy that needs to see the ball go in early, and he needs to see it go in often to build some confidence. And then the same thing for Davion Mintz. Uh, in this next tournament. I don't think Kentucky's going to have a two of 23-point shooting game at any point the rest of the way. If, if Kentucky loses a game in this next tournament, I, I think it just needs to be because the other team's better. I don't think it will be because of them shooting two of 20. Like, Tennessee was better yesterday, but Kentucky shooting poorly had a lot to do with it. A lot of those threes were contested. I just think the physicality that Tennessee brought from the start of the, t- of the game there, the opening tip, I think that it just messed with Kentucky and just threw them out of rhythm. And you had some guys that were thinking about how physical that game was. And I thought that was the first time, too, where I saw Grady missing shots, Mintz missing shots, that I saw it travel to the other end and affect them on the defensive end of the floor, too. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, you know, take what you want from plus minus. 
but Kellen Grady by far, I mean, not to pick on a kid, but well, granddad, but by far the worst <laughs> player on the floor for Kentucky yesterday. He was minus 17. And I don't think it was so much, Sean, that he was missing shots yesterday that Cal put him on the bench. I mean, I think it says he couldn't defend. He could not yeah. He could not and keep it, anybody in front of him yesterday. Yeah, that, that, that's why. That's where I think that his struggles on the offensive end traveled to the other end. That's yeah. the first time I'd seen him do that. At no point this season did I ever feel like Kellen Grady was a liability when he wasn't hitting shots. We, How many games have we watched this year where he would go – without taking a shot for 15, 16 minutes. But when you'd still look up at the end of the game, he'd play 38, 39 minutes. He wasn't killing them on the other end. Yesterday, he actually did kill them a couple of times. And it was uh, not only him. Davion Mintz gave up a, just a straight line drive to Kennedy Chandler late in the game that, that ended up being a basket at the rim. And I, I just feel like that that was the first time I saw their shooting struggles travel to the other end of the floor, and it affected them on that end. And they got to get that cleaned up. The, the good news is that it didn't end their season, but the next time it happens, it does end their season. So I guess you could say it's a positive. You could also say it's a negative because there's no tune-up games to get you going. Who, whoever they see in this tournament, even if it's a 15 seed or a, a 14 seed, regardless of where they are, you're going to have a confident team that's playing loose because those 14s and 15s, they have nothing to lose. When they get to this moment in the postseason, they're, they're thinking, okay, they, they, they're playing with house money all the pressure's on that two or that three seed. Kentucky's going to have to uh, get some of these guys to start putting the ball in the basket early. In terms of uh, – I don't want to call it really a silver lining. I don't think there were a ton of good things yesterday, but they did show a lot of fight at the end of the game. The full-court press forced a couple turnovers. I thought they probably caught a caught a couple breaks in terms of officiating. Uh, I think Vescovy was certainly fouled <laughs> before he was called for an offensive foul. I mean, not, Wheeler was kind of hanging all over him. But, you know, for Kentucky, you take it. Um, they get the turnover uh, on the inbounds play. It goes off Vescovy's hands. You know, they 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 battled. I mean, they found a way to get back into it. And whenever you frame it in the context, and well, I think it was hard really until I went to bed last night and was thinking about it more. I mean, I'm kind of all in on this. I don't know if I say all in because there's there's it's hard to trust Tennessee, a team that's never been to a Final Four, and it's hard to trust Rick Barnes, who, I mean, is pretty much his career has been – kind of viewed as an underachievement in terms of when it comes to the NCAA tournament. But with that said, I mean, they have a roster construction that is probably, I mean, it's very good, Sean. I think the roster is constructed better than Kentucky's for sure. In terms of the versatility they have on that roster. Um, if March is a, is a game of guards, which we think it is, they, I, I think they got a great chance to, to be a team that can contend for a final four. So whenever you frame it in that context for Kentucky, and although UK did have a an overwhelming crowd in that arena, it's still a neutral floor game against a team that I think could be a Final Four team. And you go two for twenty from three, you you don't really play well at all. I, actually, I thought the defense was was okay. Well, I don't think it was, certainly wasn't great, but you held them to sixty nine. I mean, that's a, that's a point you, you you should be able to win that game to be able to hold a team like that. Um, to 69. So I think whenever you frame it in that context, and it's hard to do because it's a rival, uh, they've gotten the best of Kentucky here lately, so it kind of makes fans mad, which I get. But Tennessee's a good team. And if you can kind of withstand a shooting night that terrible and still have your chances to at least tie the game there in the final minute, I think it does show how hard of an out Kentucky can be in this tournament. Yeah. Um, and if I think that's maybe if you want to take any kind of positive from yesterday, to me, that's what it is. With that said, if Kellen Grady doesn't get going, 
if Oscar Sheboy is going to be in foul trouble. And I don't know that he will be, but um, yesterday was one of those rare times this season that he had been. If you're not going to get an efficient knock from Ty Ty, you know, it's, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for this team to make the final four, but they've shown you spurts this season games at Kansas, North Carolina against other tournament teams that are, that are, that are solid teams. They've shown you what they can be. So I'm not really down on this team coming into the NCAA tournament, but I do think that this first game in terms of getting Kellen Grady back going again is going to be really important for this group. I agree with you on, on all those points. I think that one, when you're talking about validating Tennessee and Rick Barnes, I think today will tell us a lot because this has been where a few years ago to away from playing for a national championship, but can Tennessee win an SEC title today? I think that will tell us a lot about Reed Barnes and the focus of this team. And if they can regroup from a huge win versus Kentucky and then go do it against the hot A&M team, then I think it says a lot about what they can do in this next term. And when you're talking about Kentucky, I still think this is a team that a lot has to go wrong for them to be eliminated. And, and a lot went wrong yesterday. And you're right. They still had a chance. They showed some fight and eventually had it down to a one-possession game trying to get a stop to get the ball back to tie it and force overtime. I think that says a lot about how hard it will be to eliminate them. They just need efficiency. If if they're if Oscar's in foul trouble, then they need an efficient tie-tie Washington. They, they didn't get that efficiency yesterday. They obviously didn't shoot the ball well as a team. I think a lot has to go wrong for this team to get eliminated in that next tournament. And and maybe this was their, their throwout game where a lot of it went wrong. Maybe they'll, they'll go on a stretch here and, and they'll, they'll win four or five in a row and make it to a final four or a national championship game. But I also think Derek, that in that environment yesterday, the way that that crowd was, it was to me, it might've been 85% Kentucky fans, it, possibly even 90%. Like that building was mostly blue. I honestly think that Tennessee might be the only team that could have survived that environment yesterday and won that game. A lot of it is due to how well Tennessee defends and then Rick Barnes. Rick Barnes' success against John Calipari and the way that they defend, it it took Kentucky out of that game yesterday. Like, I don't remember but maybe two or three times where I thought the crowd even got loud. It never even had a chance. And I just feel like Tennessee was the perfect storm that could beat Kentucky in that environment. Get out of SEC play. See some of these teams that they don't know you. They haven't prepared for you three times. And I think Kentucky's going to be fine. I think so, too. Yeah, give a lot of credit to Tennessee. I mean, they'll be going today. I think that's a good point. A&M has played uh, tremendously in this tournament. I, I know they've had big leads that they've almost let go of the first two games. But yesterday against Arkansas, I didn't get to watch all that game, but they were pretty dominant throughout that game and the stretches that I did see. So it's a hot team, and it's a good team, too. I mean, AM, it's really stunning to me that that team lost as many games in a row as what it did during the season because I thought when Kentucky played them, they, they were a tough team, um, and now they've gotten hot again. And for, for Tennessee, though, like I think for that program, it's time that you win something. They've gotten the number one at a point under Barnes. They've never made it past the Sweet 16 under him. But I do think, similar, I would say, to the U.K. women's team, like winning a championship means something big for that program. Like I think winning the day would be huge for Tennessee's basketball program, just to have something to uh, have a championship and something. And perhaps that would be the first step for them. Um, I mean, I, I tweeted it yesterday. I really think this, I mean, at this point, 
I think Tennessee has just as good of a shot as Kentucky to make a run to the Final Four. I don't know that it's necessarily better, just because I do think if if Grady and Mintz don't have two of the worst games of the season, maybe it's a different story. They just hit even one or two threes yesterday. But I think Tennessee is a team that if we're talking about Final Four contenders, you look at their resume, no bad losses all season. They've beaten Arizona. They've beaten Kentucky twice now. They've beaten Auburn. I mean, they've beat some of the teams that you would consider top contenders for a national championship. Um, so I think in that regard, you know, it's a good program. And I think I, mean, I would certainly put those two teams above Auburn at this point. I do not like the trend Auburn's on. Uh, and, again, A&M's playing well, but Auburn away from home is, has not been good really in a while. So in terms of the league, if I'm tonight when the selection show happens and the brackets come out and I'm filling out my bracket, I feel pretty confident. And again, I guess it will depend on the draws, but I do feel pretty confident that I'll have Kentucky and Tennessee both advancing pretty deep in the tournament. Sean, do you think there's a chance, any chance at all? Because this is kind of weird. We'll, we'll wrap it up with this. Looking at the bracketology, we went into yesterday thinking, well, we and the bracketology people, thinking if Kentucky beats Tennessee, they're going to get that final one seed. Didn't happen. So a one seed seems to be off the table. Um, I guess, is there any chance, though, depending on what could happen today? I mean, I think there's probably an argument with Tennessee. I mean, I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing UK's resume, like, being that much better than Tennessee's. And then Purdue is also another team in line. But Duke lost last night. I just, How do you see that going? Do you think there's any shot they fall to a three? Or do you think they're pretty much solidly a two seed? Because that's kind of how I see it. I'd be surprised if they fell off the two line. But then again, I think when you do look at some other resumes, maybe it's not exactly that clear cut. I guess there's an argument to be made that perhaps they could drop. I don't think Kentucky drops to a three. I think the most likely scenario is that Duke drops to a three by the end of the day, if Tennessee wins, and I think your 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 twos will be Kentucky, Auburn, Tennessee, and Purdue is what I think would happen, obviously, if Purdue's the, the Big Ten champion and everything there. But So three teams uh, from the league. Uh, three teams league. from the league. And then the question is, where do they go, right? Who, who gets the East? Who gets the Midwest? Who goes West? Uh, the South? Like, I'm not sure exactly how that would all play out. I, I think at this point, Duke has to go west. I think Duke would be the lowest number two, given that they they weren't able to win what we consider to be, I think, this year the weakest Power Five conference. I think it's worse than the Pac-12. I think the Pac-12 is better at the top uh, than the ACC. So I think Duke would have to get sent west with Gonzaga, and then you'd kind of just shuffle through the southeast and midwest with the three SEC teams. But I, I said this the other day in our SEC tournament preview, Derek, that if Tennessee had won – against Texas Tech in that game early in the season, or if they had beaten Texas on the road or just beaten Arkansas, if they had won one of those games, Tennessee has the resume of a one seed. And then they would have been on that two line entering this tournament the same way Kentucky was, the same way Auburn was, and could have played their way into a one seed. I think Tennessee and Kentucky both are going to be twos, but I think that they both have teams that, are equal to a one seed. And, and right now, I just don't think that the seeding is going to matter much when it comes to Kansas, to Baylor, to Gonzaga, and, and these teams at the top. I think there's seven, eight teams that can make a run, and it wouldn't surprise me if any eight of them cut down the nets on that Monday night about three weeks from now. I think Tennessee is good enough to do it. I think Kentucky, when they're right, is good enough to do it. My only concern about Kentucky now, did they peak against Kansas a month or so ago? A lot's happened since then. 
They've had multiple guys go down with injuries. Rhythm's been messed up. They've had guys lose confidence. Can they regain that confidence and find it for six games? We've seen them do it. We've seen them play at a high level, but can they find it again, or did they peak too early? Yeah, totally agree. Last thing, you got any predictions on on where Kentucky could end up in this uh, seating? I know you said you feel like they'll probably spend their first week in an indie, but in terms of other teams in their bracket, you have, you have any predictions based on what you've seen? What what time's the Big Ten title game? Uh, what think, time's that? I think it's, it's late, uh, isn't it? Is it after the SEC one? I look. believe it is. And I think that that always has an impact. And to me, it's if is it Iowa and Purdue? I've not been following it as much today. Is it Iowa and Purdue that plays it is. in that and one it, today? It is. They play at 3.30, so it's the last championship game. Uh, Memphis and Houston play at 3.15. So. If, if you want Kentucky to go to the Midwest, and I think this is where you should be pulling for it if you're a Kentucky fan, I, I would want to be with Kansas because I think that Kentucky, that's a, that's a team that Kentucky had a ton of confidence against, and I think they would have a ton of confidence against again. Uh, I think if you're in the Midwest, there's a good chance that you're going to look up and Wisconsin's going to be your three seed. I think that's a team Kentucky could perform well against. Uh, so I'm going to predict if Iowa beats Purdue today in the Big Ten title game, Kentucky's the two in the Midwest with Kansas as the one and Wisconsin as the three. Uh, maybe Illinois as the four in that region. I think Kentucky's going to be Midwest or East, but I think it's I think it's important if they're with Baylor or Kansas. I like Kentucky's chances as the two seed in that region. The only thing that worries me about the East is if I don't think Villanova is a very good basketball team, but I think a two-three matchup in the Sweet Sixteen with Villanova would would definitely be an interesting matchup if it's in Philly. Also, does the committee look at this thing, Derek, and drop Duke to a three seed and kind of put them both in Philly? as that sweet 16 matchup 30 years from the shot. <laughs> do they do they look at that and say, let's make them play again in that environment? I I don't know, but we know John Calipari is going to come out. He, he could look up and have the easiest draw, and he's going to think it's the most difficult draw. John Calipari is going to talk about the gauntlet Kentucky's going to run. Does Murray State end up as a seven seed playing Kentucky in the second round if it works out? There, there will be an intriguing matchup, whether it be Indiana, Murray State, Memphis, somewhere in Kentucky's bracket that we'll be talking about tonight. If you look at Lenardi's latest projections, um, he does have Kentucky in the mid. This was published uh, this morning at 148 in the morning. Uh, he had a late night. Um, it, he does have Kentucky in the Midwest, uh, which we played in the United Center in Chicago. Kansas as the one, Kentucky as the two, Wisconsin as the three, and UCLA as a four. UCLA, yeah, they lost last night to Arizona in the Pac, uh, Pac 12 championship. I'll tell you the most intriguing bracket, though. Based on what Lenardi has right now, I think pretty clearly uh, would be the South, which has Arizona as the one, Duke as the two, Tennessee as the three. That would be a tremendous Sweet 16 matchup, I think, Duke and uh, Tennessee. And then the four seed there is Houston, a team that I'm not really sure about. Um, interesting resume there. But anyhow, Sean, we'll be back to uh, – well, go ahead. One, one note before we wrap up. I still think that this team's going to the Final Four, Derek. I, I do. I think the biggest reason is I just think the SEC is that good this year. I think you're going to see some of these teams really perform well in this next tournament. I think when you look up and you're in the Sweet 16, I think the SEC is going to have the most teams in the Sweet 16. 
I think Kentucky, I think Tennessee, I, I even think Arkansas. I mean, look, A&M's hot right now. If A&M gets in the tournament the way that they're playing, are they a second weekend team in the NCAA tournament? Uh, Alabama, I, I know that if they get hot, can can do some damage. I just I think we're going to look up and there's going to be at least three teams in that Sweet 16, possibly four. And I just think the league is going to show how strong it is. Get Kentucky away from the league and these teams that know them inside now. And, and I think Kentucky's going to be fine against the ACC and the Big Ten and the Pac-12 and, and and make a run. I think that this is a Final Four team. I think they're going to get things right. And who knows what the tweak will be. Uh, to me, it just needs to be confidence. Just get back to doing what you were doing and, and find a way to, to hit your stride and build some confidence. Yeah, well said. So we'll be back. Um Maybe then I don't know. You're traveling, so we'll see. Um, see what happens with with the selection show tonight. But regardless, at least t- tomorrow certainly we'll have a reaction to uh, to the insular bracket coming out. And I, and I do want to reiterate the women's bracket tonight will come out as well. So Kentucky yeah. by winning the SEC, which they had solidified it anyway, but by winning the SEC, they were the automatic qualif- qualifier from that league. So. Uh, both brackets to keep up with tonight, but we'll be back later to discuss that. As always, uh, our show is brought to you by the Butcher's Pub, three locations in London, Williamsburg, and Pineville. Get out and check them out this week with NCAA tournament starting on Thursday. Uh, but he's Sean Smith. I'm Derek Terry, and we'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. <laughs>